Hey guys, my name is Sagan and I'm an addict. Oh, I'm Mike, I'm an addict. Sorry, I was <laughs> off in Wonderland. My bad. <laughs> and welcome to Recovery on the Real. Uh, as you just heard, we have Mike with us again today. Um, we just had our um, our group C for our, our group, so we're a little scatterbrained right now. It's an honor. It's just me and it's just me and you today. And I know. I'm so excited when you said you wanted to record again. Oh, I had fun the last time. Hell yeah. we, we got a lot of uh, we got a lot of subjects out there, and we got a lot of opinions. I think it's important that a lot of these things uh, are addressed in a format where people can listen to them at their leisure and in private, where they can actually focus because they're you know people ain't going in and out or cross talking or talking on the side. And, yeah. You know, we, people's lives are on the line, so I take this shit serious. I mean, I know I clown a lot and and things like that, but I really do take it serious because I don't want to be at the trap house anymore. And you know, it's 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 just real, real important. And we, we're modeling for the newcomer, which is kind of what I wanted to. Like, I know I get redundant, and because I'm very, very passionate about the same things, like sponsors with uh cl- with uh sponsees that are mentally ill and yes. how they and how they treat them and, and the things that they tell them and uh that that's one of my one of my big issues how we treat the uh the, the chronic relapser uh i think one the thing that came to my mind the other day was uh you know we have a lot of we have a lot of socioeconomic levels in here we have a lot of individuals that uh represent a lot of different classes of people we have homeless people uh, we have jobless people. We have people with minimum wage jobs. We have people who have better jobs. We have people with factory jobs. We have people in here with with, with, with our long money. And uh, the thing that I've noticed is, like, the people that I associate with. Because my thing is I want to be the best I could be so all my people have long money. Yeah. And that's just how I pick my friends is how it works because I want what they have. But if you notice something about, if you notice one thing about my people, and if you know who I'm talking about, I'm not going to call anybody out by name because of anonymity, but if you know me, you know who I hang with, never once, not one time you ever hear them brag or tell you what they, how much they have, how big their house is, their cars and all that. Uh, they keep it in check. And a lot of it is because as you, as you matriculate through Narcotics Anonymous, as you become more acquainted and familiar with what we're trying to do here, we have to make everybody comfortable and feel accepted. And, you know, the literature only makes you one promise. The literature promises you freedom from addiction. Mm-hmm. It doesn't promise you a job making uh, $80 an hour or owning your own business making uh, you know, $1.2 million a year. It doesn't promise you a house in South Tulsa or a big car, the baddest female in here. Yeah. You know, those things are great. But my point is, I'm here, and I'm hearing this at some of the meetings that I go to, especially my home group, people are coming in, and it's almost as if they're bragging. Yeah. And uh, to me, that alienates some people. 100%. Because, yeah, what about the person that's on a fixed income, $700 a month, that's working just as good a program as you, that's just as involved in step work, and then they're wondering, well, how come I'm not? How come I don't make all that money? Well, because... Your life is your life. Here's what I don't do. I never, ever judge me by you. 100%. I never judge my what, what you have versus what I have. Uh, I never hate on my people. When my people are successful within my inner circle, man, I, I, I applaud it. Mm-hmm. And, it. And it motivates me to give more. You got to remember, when I, when I came back this time, you know, when y'all was going to eat, I couldn't even go to McDonald's with you. 
because I didn't have the money, but I never, you know, I, I didn't get down on myself. I used it as motivation. And yeah. uh, the freedom from active addiction allows you an opportunity to better yourself if you choose, but that is not solely indicative of where you are in your recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and, 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 and mostly it's with newcomers. You know, I, I used to tell you all the time, when I first got here, if you didn't have a year, they tell you shut the fuck up. Don't even, here's a quarter, go call your sponsor, because back then they had pay phones. You know, it costs a quarter, <laughs> you put it in the payphone, you call yeah. your sponsor. And uh, the, the old time would be quick to be like, you ain't got shit to say until you got a year clean. You're just talking. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. And sometimes I miss those days, but mm-hmm. I understand that we need to let everybody, you know, say their deal. But I'm just, I'm watching it become more and more prevalent in, in, in my home group mm-hmm. with people coming in. And all they do is blast their status. And I want to fire back because, I mean... Like, people know what I do, but they don't know how much money that I make, or, or, or they might judge me by my car. Look, my car is bought and paid for, and it costs $500, and I'm cool with it because I don't give a shit about a car. Yeah. But I have, you know, there's other areas of my life that, that I focus my money on, but to me, that's not important. Personally, I like money. I believe in money. I believe in the United States of America. If you ain't got money, you ain't shit. You can say what you want, but, you know, if you ain't got money... Uh, you know, get cancer. Don't pay your rent. See what happens. People, yeah. people aren't valued anymore. Money is valued. And, and I like shoes and clothes that match, and I like to go eat and stuff like that. But I never use that as a criterion to for the basis of how I judge my recovery, your recovery. Um, you can ask people, you know, my, my crew or my people. I respect the homeless dudes out in the parking lot as much as I do. I treat the janitor and the CEO the same way. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of that in, 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 in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, you know. Uh, learn how to treat people, how to be kind and respectful to everybody. What I'm not going to do is kiss your ass. I don't care what you got. You come crazy <laughs> yeah. to me, I'm going to come crazy to you. If you treat me with respect, I'm going to treat you with respect. And uh, I just want to get back to the message of Narcotics Anonymous, which is, you know, we need to be unified in our message. We have a singular message. Singular meaning one. And there's only one promise. And uh, the book even tells you, you might go broke in here. You might make a million dollars. You might have a house. That house might get foreclosed. You might be homeless. You might have to be institutionalized. You're going to go through some shit while you're in recovery. Mm-hmm. I don't do the pink cloud, you know, and this kind of relates to, I don't do my life as a pink cloud. I don't, when I come in here, I don't, I don't, I don't, per- I, don't per- I don't perpetrate a fraud. I don't put a mask on when I come to a meeting so all you see is the good points of my life. Because then, because then again, once again, we're alienating people and all they think is, oh, this, his, his shit is perfect. Yeah. That's you know, just one more thing for them to, to feel not a part of. Yeah. But when you come here and you be like, I don't know about you. I mean, I, I, yeah, your life is perfect. I was suicidal yesterday. Mm-hmm. I, almost, I almost put myself in the hospital or... Like, I was hungry and couldn't afford groceries. And, and when we tell people like that, then... Then, then sometimes you get messages on Facebook or wherever. If they yeah. have your number, they, they, they hit you up, and uh, they'll be like, man, thank you. I need to hear it. I can relate. I'm a stack. Yeah. And uh, you know me. You know I ain't big on the whole God does these things in my life that, are, that I do for myself. I mean, I believe in God. Don't get me wrong. But it's amazing. Every time I'm like, fuck it, I'm out. I'm leaving. I hate narcotics anonymous. I'm done. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. Somebody will come to me in the parking lot and say, hey, bro, I need to hear that. Yeah. 
hey, bro, you know, you saved my life, or hey, bro, you 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 helped me stay around because I was starting to feel out of place. I was starting to feel like I didn't fit. Because I don't know if you know, but you've been around it long enough. Narcotics Nama's Tulsa, Oklahoma is clicky as fuck. 100%. We have clicks. When I first came into these rooms, I, I was uncomfortable because I was like, you always saw the same people always together, right? And you always saw the same people handing each other the books, right? So it was like always the same people that were reading and sharing and whatever. And, I mean, it, it might sound weird. It might sound, you know, adolescent. I don't know. But I was like, I want to be one of those people. Like, I want to be in the in crowd. Because yeah. that's what it's like, the in crowd, right? Yeah. Like, I want to be a popular kid. The cool kid. kids. The cool kids. I want to be a cool kid. I want to be the popular kid. I want to be the person that somebody has to go to eat and, you know, and give me the book and all this shit. But, oh, you know, in the beginning, if I wasn't the person who I am, I would have left. I would have left. I see everything as a challenge, which is also which can be good and also bad. Right. Um, but I see everything as a challenge. So if I really want something, I will work my ass off to get it, no matter how good or bad it is for me. It doesn't matter. So I just saw that as a challenge. But there are so many people that will that are looking for any excuse not to be here. Yeah. And that'll give them the exact excuse that they need to walk out the door and never to come back. They feel alienated. Yeah, hundred percent. They're not part. Of, they're not part of the cool clique. They're not part of any of the clique. And there's multiple cliques. And, and, and we have to understand that we are, we are a microcosm of society. So whatever's going on in society, if you don't think it's going on in narcotics anonymous, you're naive. Yeah. You're naive. So we're going to have clicks. We're going to have people that think they're better than than, than, than everybody else. We're going to have people that think that they're perfect and, and, and all these other things. But that's not the totality of Narcotics Anonymous. Because if you break it down, most of the people in here are loving, kind, compassionate, and considerate. Mm-hmm. Now, where everybody on that phone let's answer their phone? Hell no. I'm not picking you up. I'm just being honest. You know, I'm, I mean, every once in a while, if I'm going that way, if you need a ride, good, I got you. You hungry, I'll feed you. But, like, there are certain things I'm just not going to do. But I'm not going to tell you in a meeting I'm going to do a meeting. I'm not going to present myself as a fraud yeah. and say I'm going to do it this way. And then behind the scenes, I do it another way. I'm going to tell you what the means. Don't, if you need, you know, I'm probably not the one to call. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm clicky, too. If it's, if, it, if it's my crew or whatever, if it's the people I run with, then I'm going to do anything I can. But I try to... Um, I try to treat everybody. I try to treat everybody with, with dignity, kindness, and respect, and uh, try to help them to the best of my ability. The things I do behind the scene, you know, most people know what I do for a living, but they don't know who they don't know the kids that I see. Most people don't don't know the people that I bought groceries or or, or, or I've given money or or paid rent or whatever because I don't believe that. I don't believe it's cool when we do something and blast it for our own ego. And, and the literature talks about that, too. Self-centeredness is the core of our disease. Well, mm-hmm. what is self-centeredness? It's the ego. Yeah, 100%. You think you're better than me. You think you know everything. That's why we. That's why, that's why, that's why these rooms turn over so many times. That's why I've relapsed so many times. I think I'm smarter. I think I'm better. I think I know everything. And uh, I just don't want people to be like me. You don't have to get the shit beat out of you to integrate conceptually and practically what's given to you in a narcotics anonymous meeting through your sponsor, through the group, through your homies, through the literature. If you, I mean, the, the, the book tells you, look, this book is written for really, this, you have to be really, really like almost stupid, stupid not to understand what to do, but it's a willingness thing. 100%. Most people ain't willing to do this, you know. Most people ain't willing to... Um, to do what needs to be done to live the narcotics anonymous life, and 
it's it's all integrated. I have to. I was thinking about this at the meeting today while certain people were sharing that I never listened to <laughs> because they say the same shit over and over. Um, I have to check myself too. I have to watch because I start to get resentful towards. So like, I've seen a couple people walking in today that I don't. That I I'm just gonna be honest. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like I don't like what they represent. I don't like who they are. I don't like how how they think about themselves. You know, because they have they have. Uh, Broken away in a, in, in, to a certain extent from Narcotics Anonymous and formed their own little thing, and uh, it just it always rubbed me the wrong way. But what I have to remind myself is everybody that walks in that door should feel welcome and loved and respected. So my best way to love you and respect you sometimes for me just shut the fuck up and just sit there and not say nothing to you and let you do you and I'm gonna do me. Yeah. Because I don't want to. I mean, I've been reading about too many people in the paper. Um, Mm-hmm. I went to treatment. You know, we had a lot of people. There was like eight of them that have overdosed in the last, you know, six months. And they we, they would tell us a treatment. Yeah, some of y'all going to die. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, not all y'all going to make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, that's a literal statement. Yeah. So. And at the time, I was like, damn, that's shitty. Right. Like, why would they say some shit like that? Right. But it's 100% true. I mean, there's people in the rooms that we see every day that now that we might not see this time next year. Yeah. Hey, when I first went to 12 and 12, there was a dude named Larry Smith. He used to teach the, uh, he, he would teach the classes with Larry was on hardcore. Larry would be like, all right, all y'all stand up. And then he'd be like, such as all, y'all sit down. You 10, sit down. All the rest of you motherfuckers, you're going to die. And they'd be like, damn. <laughs> but Larry knew his shit. And he, yeah. and he was right. All you have to do is look at the paper and see who's, in, who's, who's been overdosed. And I'm telling you, like in the last few months, six, seven, eight of them. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Dropping like flies. And I remember, I remember telling a bunch. I remember telling a couple of these of these dudes, like, dude, you act like an idiot here. You all you do is clown, chase chase females, mm-hmm. anything to distract yourself from the fact that you're the problem. Exactly. And you need to deal with the problem. So okay, when you fuck up, you're not getting no sympathy from me. Mm-hmm. So when they died, of course I was sad. They was my friends, but I was like, you know, you can lead a horse through the water, but you can't make that motherfucker drink. Yeah. We can bring you to a meeting. And look at me, I'm your prime example. I've been I've been here longer than anybody, except for crazy Steve that sits in the back. Yeah. <laughs> he he's been here longer than me. Uh Dougie, all them, Ro- even Ronnie. I was here. Oh shit, I just called names. My bad, y'all. I, I apologize. I got a little <laughs> Damn. You didn't put you didn't use last name. Okay, so I'm good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> well, they little anyway. They, they like they can whoop me. <laughs> I was here before now. Yeah. And I just got a year clean. I got four, you know, I got almost 14 months now. Yeah. Look how long it took me. But you have to use that as a shining beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. Even at my age, coming back, coming out the trap house, working the door at 55 years old, you can get clean, you can survive, and you can thrive. Mm-hmm. And you can get everything back. You know, it was a big, it was, I couldn't even afford a Big Mac a year ago. It was lobster last night. And that's yeah. not bragging. That's just an analogy. You know? I saw that and that shit looked delicious. I've been there once, but I didn't get the it lobster. It wasn't that good. Really? And when you got the $65 check, I was like, I know that's right. <laughs> that place is $12 so- for a fucking salad. But anyway, <laughs> if I'm Sorry. not in recovery, I don't even get a chance to experience that $12 salad. Exactly. I can't even get a double, you know, I'm sitting there with, trying to get a double cheeseburger at McDonald's like, mm, I got two twenty nine. Will you take that? Just take a piece of cheese off. Yeah. And it's all like it's all due to this program and what I don't do today is find reasons like the things that we've been talking about today, I don't find reasons to leave anymore. Mm-hmm. 
And before, you know, I'm not the, the dude that you know. You never met the other one. I blast you on Facebook. I, I In the parking lot. And I'll, in the middle of a meeting, I'll go off on you with everybody talking. I don't do that anymore. I've grown, you know. Isn't that why we come here? It is. It is. You know, I, I never in my life expected to grow as much as I have in this program. And... But that's the thing, like, it's a combination of shit, right? Like, it's not just the program because the program only made me one promise. You know, you are going to um, stop using, lose a desire to use, and find a new way to live. It didn't tell me it was going to help with my mental illness. It didn't tell me that it was going to get me back in school. Right. It didn't tell me that it was going to, you know, allow me to be employable again, the, you know, this year. It, it didn't make any of those promises. That was shit that I had to find within myself. And by following examples of the people that I put around me, you know, like, my sponsor, Valerie, she's a bad bitch. I <laughs> love her. Like, she's a bad bitch. She does the damn thing. And anytime, like, that's the, she's the reason I have no reservations in my program. Because if she can go, with, go through what she went through, losing a child clean, then I can fucking go through anything. Like, I know that I can make it. And that's all because of her. So when I sit in the meetings and I talk about how I'm in school and how, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that the, the worst thing I have to worry about today is getting through midterms. I don't say that shit to brag. I say that shit to say, you can do this too. Like, there's nothing so special about you that makes you exempt from getting going anywhere in your exactly. life and doing anything that you want to do. You know, you just got to be willing to to put your nose to the grindstone and actually put in the work. Yeah. Exactly what we're talking about. Like, we're not, we're actually, we've been pretty consistent today on staying on top. Yeah, we have. Because we're, we're talking about the, we're talking about the one promise of Narcotics Anonymous. But what, what we, what we, and what we're hitting on now is the things that wrap themselves around that promise because you now have the opportunity to implement things into your life career-wise, personal choice-wise, uh, goals, aspirations, hope, changes. When, once you get clean, once you have the gift of recovery, which is you lose the obsession and compulsion to uh, use drugs, Anything, anything is possible. Hundred percent, you know, and that, and, and 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 it all wraps itself around the gift of recovery. The book doesn't really, you know, the book does talk about different topics, what happens when you're in recovery. But if you think about it, one of the main narratives of narcotics, Namus, is once you let's get you clean. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's get First you step. off a of dope yeah. where you ain't sitting home fucking white knuckling. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh my god! I want to hit the glass. Oh my god! I want to watch porn and, and lube up for three days and, and smoke <laughs> meth. You know, when you can get out that obsession, then your mind will start to go to other. And I think I've told. I think I think when you and I talked about graduate school, I told you I didn't even get my master's until I was 45, 46 mm-hmm. years old. But the one commonality through every accomplishment of my life, from being a teacher, uh, getting my certification as an educator, uh, all the all the accomplishments have been the main narrative is I was clean. Yeah, I didn't really accomplish shit in the dope world mm-hmm. except do a lot of dope, uh, try to be Pablo Escobar, and, and you know, <laughs> you know yeah. get my ego better because I I I. I, I I push weight or whatever and brag about that shit. Yep. And I don't even really do that no more. You don't even, I don't really I don't really get on the war stories, but the narrative certainly wasn't the uh, freedom from addiction. The narrative then was I'm all about the addiction. Everything goes to fuel my addiction. Leaned into that shit. Leaned into Leaned it. Leaned into it. Everything was about it. And I was proud of that shit. Yeah. Wore that shit like a badge of fucking honor. Yeah, wore like a badge like yeah, exactly. My highest fucking ideal was to get next to the biggest dope dealer in the city 
because he only fucked with female dealers, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to get there, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to... Yeah. And, and I'm sitting now, I'm thinking, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I had a whole ass career. You know, I was an oral surgery assistant for five years. I, I was educated. I had a job. Like, I had a career that I could do, and my fucking highest ideal in active addiction was, was being a dope dealer. It just, the, the insan- it's the insanity of it. Isn't it amazing how the book is, uh, <laughs> the book is extremely ac- accurate. When, when, when you talk about the nature, uh, the book is about recovery, but the book gives you a really, really good detail of what it's like to be a dope fiend. Mm-hmm. You know, about living at the animal level, about uh, yep. being, about the obsession and compulsion, the degradation. Ain't nobody going to fucking hire you. You ain't showered in five days, bro. <laughs> You you know you I mean yeah like, please you know, when you when you're out there like that that's all you do at least that, I mean I, I'm just gonna speak for me that's all I did couldn't work when I was high no I didn't Got too much other shit to do <laughs> I, I have to yeah. degrade myself some more you know I have 100%. to I, I have to figure out you know about pooping in a bucket and stealing electricity from other people. And maybe eating a little Debbie and finding some milk, you know, on once a week. Mm-hmm. So all the po- all the only possibility we had was more hopelessness. Yeah. And and we get in recovery. The whole narrative switches. Once you get clean, get a little time, put a little effort in. The whole narrative switches, mm-hmm. and the world is your oyster. You still have to do the work. I don't. And I don't mean no disrespect to nobody. I'm, I, this is just my personal belief. I know what the book says. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I love God. I don't even. I, I was sitting back the other day. When did I start believing in God? I don't even know. I just believe. But as far as like a God getting me jobs and taking care of my kids and bills and shit, nah, I don't trust all that. I grind. Mm-hmm. I get out there and I, and I make it happen. I went to grad. I like money, so I went to graduate school. I got a skill set. They yeah. pay for that skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why that's why I make what I do or do what I do, but I put the effort in. Yeah. You know, 3,000-hour internship, going to graduate school, having no life for almost two years and working a full-time job, but I was clean. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're back to that narrative of the promise of freedom from addiction. And when we're free from addiction, man, I've seen people in here do anything. I mean literally anything. I got a homeboy, and he's the most humble dude in the world, and he's not even, he's hes in Arizona, and I love him to death. This motherfucker lives in Hawaii six months a year, but he made that shit happen. He, yeah. came, he was a street dude in New York. He wanted to be something else, and boom, bang, bing, whoopity, whoopity, woo, woo, woo. A few years later, his money is real long, and he don't apologize for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm jealous. I want to live in Hawaii six months a year. Right. <laughs> I ain't never even been to Hawaii. I'd love to go to Hawaii. So, you know, we, we, and, um, the disease, it, it just, it, it's just, it's incredibly insidious. The book says that, too. Yeah. It, that's Sagan making all that noise. I don't know I what know, she I'm doing. I'm sorry. I just keep getting notifications. <laughs> She's checking her email and shit I'm while we not. doing this podcast, y'all. I'm not. I swear to God. But, yes, insidious. 100%. And, you know, look at you. You're about to go back to school. Yeah, I am in school. You're in school. <laughs> I just did midterms. I was thinking more of the graduate school stuff. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Would you have been able to do that when you was on dope? Hell no. I stopped going to school because I was on dope. So instead of doping here, we, we give hope. Yeah. You know, be, let's, let's lead by example. Let's not lead by my ego and running my mouth. 
And, and I've noticed a change in a lot of areas. I, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm going to be a hypocrite because I just bought these shoes the other day. <laughs> but, like, my closet doesn't have 50 shoe boxes in it anymore. But they I don't, have some nice shoes. <laughs> I don't take my shoes to the store with me to match the clothes exactly to the shoes. I used to do that, y'all. I would walk into the fucking store with the shoe box and the receipt so I could show the security people. They look at me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would go match up my clothes and shit. And, and really, really, really what I'm telling you is a story about low self-esteem, low self-worth, yeah. uh, no value in who I am as a human being, as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything was an outward manifestation. Everything that I projected, was it was a facade because I was scared and I had low self-esteem. So I would show you my outsides, but I would show it to you in a particular way to make you think, oh, that, that motherfucker got his shit together. You know he got a little money. I'd be like, yeah. But inside, I was I was scared. Um, and that manifests in other ways. That 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 comes in other uh, flavors, too. That's mm-hmm. why I'm standoffish at meetings. Not because I'm a dick. I am an asshole. But that's <laughs> not why I'm standoffish at meetings. I'm scared you're going to hurt me. Right. You know, I, I don't want to be hurt. And if I make myself vulnerable, I've, I've been hurt too many times. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of keep people away, except for the people that I'm, I've been cool with for uh, years, my little crew, and um, I'm working on that too, you know. I, where else do I get a free opportunity to put major work in on who I am yeah, and what I'm about and, 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 who, and, and what I want to be? There's not many places you can do this. Yeah. You know? I'm kind of glad that you brought like that up, you know, being scared of what people... Um, being scared of what... You think what people think about you, right? And having to put on this persona and this facade. Uh, you know, one of the biggest things that I've I've noticed and change in me is I used to be a fucking chameleon, right? I yeah. was whatever you wanted me to be. I like the same music you like. Yeah, same I like color. The same, everything. I didn't. Everything. I didn't even know what the fuck I liked because I was too busy trying to impress all these other people and being, you know, and doing and things and whatever that they like. Don't you think that's a common trait with all of us? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I just didn't want to make a blanket statement, <laughs> but yes, I absolutely I think, think so. I think it's one of those common traits besides the self-centeredness that, that we all experienced when we was doing whatever the fuck we was doing, whether you was a dope boy, stick-up kid, uh, mm-hmm. dealer, junkie, whatever, whatever. I think we all were chameleons because yeah. that's how we got our way. Yeah. And we had to hustle because mm-hmm. we wasn't working nine to five, but we still had to do what we did, so yep. if I can get you to like me and... And that went a long way. And that I would use really pity. You know, I would use pity as a manipulator. I, I would, I would mani- manipulate people any way I could. 100%. And I still, to this day, have to watch myself. Same. And uh, what I've come to find is a lot of it is I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be homeless. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be myself. So let me manipulate you into loving me. And possibly you could be my family. And then you could take care of me. And I've yep. been nothing but hurt. Mm-hmm. Every time I've done this, I mean, I've, I've it's been so bad where I've bought a house and spent twenty five, thirty thousand dollars with these people of my money, and got hurt. And I, but uh, sometimes the best lessons in life are the most expensive lessons in yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And what I, and I do believe that if we don't trust God, I don't know if fear is a lack of faith. I don't know if I buy that one or not. I, I really, I, I, I don't. I don't know. But I know that when I don't. Like, if I trust the world, I'm trusting insanity. Because mm-hmm. this world is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And Narcotics Anonymous, people say it's crazy. No, motherfucker, that outside world is crazy. Yeah. When I come here, I can, mm-hmm. with my people, they understand me. 
and uh, I'm learning how to be by myself. I mean, I live in an Oxford house, but in a lot of ways, I'm learning to, to, to live by myself yeah. and not try to manufacture a family. And then, or a relationship. Um, yeah. See, and then, that's the other big thing with me. I'm like, I've gotten to the point now where I'm just like, before I had no boundaries, right? And I would basically take what I could get. Yeah. And I would, I would yeah. manipulate. Settle. Yes, I would settle, and I would, I would find guys that I would, that I thought I was better looking than, right? Because I knew that they would. Not right, leave me. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like so I would always I would always shoot low because I knew that then they wouldn't leave me. Right. And um, now I've gotten to this point where I can today I can finally say that I love myself and I respect myself. That's the biggest one is respecting myself. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have time for all this bullshit. Well, you too busy. You ain't got time for no man. That's what I'm saying. And then like all these all these little boys try to like holler at me and I'm just like, bro, like I can tell you right now it's not gonna happen. And, but the before me, I would have gave him a shot. One one of the worst feelings in a room of narcotics anonymous is when you're when you're when you're no, when you're notorious as a predator and a thirteen stepper, which I used to be, and you come 100%. into a meeting and there'd be seven women and there'd be like, Oh shit. I'd have been with all of them. And that's that's one of the most uncomfortable feelings in the world and all. You know, that's always a really good topic to talk about. It is. Is uh, having enough respect for yourself and the females in here. Not to do that because you gotta remember you shopping at the broken toy store. Two sickies don't make a fucking welly. Yep. And uh, and we see that scenario play out every single day every in the rooms. Day, every day. But there's some of us that are reformed. There are those there of us that used to be is. like that, that that have reformed and, and changed their ways. And I've apologized many times for it, and, and I don't do it anymore. And, and I wanted to kind of kind of kind of make a point that uh, before we because that was a really important subject yeah, is relationships sure. in here. Like, when I stopped looking, so y'all, like, you know, she's little, she got long hair, she's loud as fuck, she comes at noontime all the time, <laughs> she'll punch you in your face, yeah. and she's just she's just crazy. And, like, I don't even know how it happened, but, like, we're like brother and sister now mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a lot of ways. And we even act like brother and sister. And, um, like, she's been my rock. You got to find people in here. That are your rock. I've had I and I've had, and, and, and my mental illness plays a big part in that. I have to kind of rotate it, like who. I, but I I had one person here. I would call every other day. Hey, I'm finna kill myself. I got these pills and and then one day she didn't answer for like three days, and I knew she needed a break. But these people saved my life. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna call their names, but they've they've been here and they've saved my life. They literally have sat at the crisis unit in Laureate with me for hours. Picked me up, fed me. Uh, so here we are back to one of my passions. I I knew I would get here sooner or later. <laughs> right. You know, if 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 you're mentally ill and, and you're in recovery, I, I have a lot of love for you. Uh I will always make time. You have to get at me. I'm sorry I can't like just I don't, you know, I believe that if we really, really want to fix it and we really, really need help, we will reach out. I know about how mentally ill people isolate, don't pick up the phone mm-hmm. because nobody can help us. And, and literally people will tell you, I don't know what to do for you. Well, hell, I don't even know what to do. Can we just, like, sit? Yeah. That's that's you know? what Sam and I said the other – we talked about that yesterday or the day before. I was just like, you know, sometimes you don't you – don't, when I tell you so that I'm upset about something, I don't expect you to have the right words to say right. to make me feel better. I don't need you to fix it. Right. I just need you to fucking be like, yeah, shit sucks sometimes. It really, it really does. does. It really, really and does. Like, or just not say anything and just sit there with me. 
You know what I mean? Like, you don't always, that's what people, and that's codependence. You don't always have to try to fix something. No, you Just don't. let that person know you're there. And, and the cool thing is Narcotics Anonymous as an organization, as a fellowship, and as an entity has started to, to like, really do a good job of addressing these uh, dualistic issues. Mm-hmm. Because we get, a, we get and I, I think we talked about this on, on the last time I was here, uh, post-acute withdrawal yeah. versus... Well, I was crazy before enduring drugs, and then I, well, as opposed to the people that get crazy while on drugs and then get better and then misinterpret that as, oh, this fixed that. No, you have post-acute withdrawal. You're 18 to 24 months or whatever. Your your uh, brain chemistry just normalized. Yeah. My brain chemistry, those of you that know me, you know that shit ain't normal, and it's probably never going to normalize, but there's a lot of people in here that have... Uh, been there for me, helped me, loved me when I couldn't love myself. Mm-hmm. As long as I wasn't getting high, you know, fed me, clothed me, bought me deodorant, hygiene. Uh, have have taken, like I said, sat with me and Lori for five hours. She knows who she is. I don't even know if she listens to this podcast, but we had <laughs> dinner last night. And uh, oh yeah, she's gonna be on pretty soon. I never, I, I don't know about you. But I'm a loyal. I, I, I'm old school. And, yeah. I, and, and when I was doing the gangster shit or running the streets or whatever, whatever, being the, the worst criminal I could be, <laughs> right. I, uh, I I believed in loyalty. And when you mm-hmm. do good by me, you know, and I think she know I'm going to be there. I don't give a shit what it is. I will be there. It could be 2 a.m. It could be my last $9,000. It could be my, my raggedy-ass car. You know, if my people ever need, they know I, I, I I'm going to be there because mm-hmm. they were there for me. And uh, that's I, I, that's what we do in these rooms, those of us that are. Uh, and you know who the people in here who are full of shit, and you know the ones who are real. We got bullshit detectors. Come on, y'all. We, we lived in a dope world. I know if you lie two seconds after your fucking mouth opens. I lie all the time. I catch myself every every day. I lie every day. I make shit up as I go a lot of times. And I ain't, I ain't fucked up about it. I lie all the time. But it's getting better. And I just got a lot of love for a lot of people in these rooms, and you know that's all. That's all I'm really gonna say about that, man. Just find find you a crew, make sure they look, you know, have some loyalty, have some respect, mm-hmm. hang out. If you ain't part of our clique, shit, and you know what I did? Where y'all going to eat? Yep, <laughs> yep. I don't ask you if I can fucking go. <laughs> invite yourself. I invite myself. Oh, y'all going bowling? Okay, where y'all going? <laughs> what time are we gonna be there? When I hey, when I first got cleaned, didn't nobody know me, and yeah. I was crazy then too. Even even worse than I am now, I mm-hmm. wasn't invited. Yeah, I had to show up, and then people got to know me, and and, and and then I would get invited. And if you don't get invited, and so what? Mm-hmm. Move to the next. You're not gonna be invited to everything. Yeah, I don't get invited to all the parties and the birthdays and all the other shit in my cocks. No, I don't even worry about shit like that, cause I get invited to enough. Yeah, you know. Come in here, be genuine. Come in here, make some friends. You can't make friends if you don't open your mouth. Yeah, a closed mouth don't get fed. No, just come, just show up. Shit, that's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandma used to tell me all the time, um, show me who you walk with and I'll show you who you are, right? Like, I believe that. 100%. Like, who do you surround yourself with? What kind of people are you spending time with and talking to and, you know, sharing things with? That's so important because when I was in my addiction, like even before then, I was hanging out with some people I should not have been hanging around with. You know what I mean? People that were enabling me or encouraging my bad behavior or whatever. And now I feel like one of the reasons why I've made it to almost a year is because 
I have such an amazing sponsor, and she's surrounded me with such strong women. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. You've been here long enough. You're here all the time. Winners hang with the losers. Winners and the losers hang with the losers. Mm-hmm. You can look at all my, you can look at everybody hang with. Every one of them has, has everything that I want. And I did that on purpose. Yeah. You know, I did that on purpose. I said, I'm the poorest one out the whole crew. If you're not, then there's nowhere to go, right? I, but I, I can only go up. Mm-hmm. I can only go up. And uh, that was important to me. You know, I don't ask I don't ask people that have been in 32 relationships for relationship advice. <laughs> right. I don't ask you for fucking financial advice and you've been working at McDonald's for 18 years. Mm-hmm. Shit, I ask the people that got what I want. You know, my homeboy in Arizona. How did you do this, this, and this? I want this, this, and that. How do I live in Hawaii six months a year? What do I got to do? Yeah. Well, you know that they and if they're if they really love you and they're really good people, they're not gonna be scared to tell you how because you're not their competition. Exactly, they're not threatened by you. No, they're not threatened. They want to see you come up too. Hundred percent. Everybody should eat. You, I mean, I want everybody. Eat. I don't want everybody to eat at my table, mm-hmm. but I want to see everybody eat. Even yeah. even the people that I that I don't have genuine like a uh, genuine liking of. I don't want to see you not eat. I just don't want you at my table. Mm-hmm. You know. See, I kind of have that problem with my mom because, well, both my parents because they both, um, they're real like, oh, don't tell people how you do this or how you do that. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm just like, check it out. At the end of the day, I'm not worried about what they're doing because I know I'm taking care of shit and I'm taking care of my business by myself. Like, and nine times out of ten, those people don't want to put in the work that I've put into to get to the point that I'm at. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm not worried about anybody else. I'm worried about me. Like I'm worried about keeping my ass in line and doing what I need to do in order to get to the next level. You know what I mean? You got to put the work in. You have to, and there's no, and that's what. If it seems too good to be true, it is. There ain't no way around it. You got to go through it. Like, you just got to go through it. How many times did we, in addiction or, like, in just our lives... Easier, softer. <laughs> exactly. Easier, softer, general. No. Easier, softer, general. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't told I, We just talked about it. I wanted to be a therapist. I mean, then I had to work full-time, go to school, do an internship, and, and read, what, we 500 pages a week and, 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 and write at least a 10, 15-page paper every week. I didn't see nobody for two years. Mm-hmm. Work, school, gym, meeting, study, and try to eat in between. That's all yeah. I did, but I sacrificed two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, boom, bang, bang, what, nine years later, 10 years later, I'm a licensed therapist. I got a promotion. And, and I'm proud of all that. I put the work in. Yeah. It just didn't happen one day. Hey, we're going to give Michael a raise and give him a pro- Hey, you want to be a therapist? Here's a license. Right. <laughs> Shit, I got to go to school. Yeah. And that's a that's a problem, too. You know, people compare, compare themselves to people that have been here for a while and that have all these things. And it's like, people forget that shit didn't happen overnight. Never compare yourself to anybody. No. Get your priorities together. Write it down. Say some affirmations and go get what you want. Take mm-hmm. what you want. Don't don't. I'm not saying hurt anybody. I'm not saying run over everybody. But go get what you want. If yep. you want it, go get it. I always, you know, you know my analogy. And we, hey, this podcast has been. Well, yeah, we got about thirty nine minutes. You hungry, ain't you? I am hungry, <laughs> but we at least gotta go forty. I was telling myself it's gonna go forty minutes. So here's what I tell my. Here's what I tell when I when I have sponsees or when I'm sharing. Okay, I believe in God. I love God. Do I believe that God plays a part in, in this world in my life? Okay, I'd be stupid not to. Don't pay your rent. Sit home. Pray as hard as you can, as many times as you can a day, for 30 days until the 5th. And then go out, open your door on the 5th, and see if that eviction letter is on there. <laughs> 
Okay, the eviction letter is going to be there. <laughs> and God, and, and so uh, dude was drowning, right? And uh, he's like, please, God, please, God, please, God, save me, save me. And all y'all heard this joke before. So God sent him a, so, so God sent him a boat. Dude was like, nah, I'm good. God's going to save me. Please, God, please, God, please, God, save me. God sent him another boat. No, nah, I'm good. Please, God, please, God, save me. God sent him a helicopter. The helicopter dropped, dropped the ladder down and said, come on. No, I'm waiting on God to save me. Dude drown. <laughs> What's the analogy? God helps those that help themselves. Mm-hmm. You get out there, you grind, and you do it correctly, and you do it in a loving, kind way, and you, and you respect other people, but you don't take no shit, yeah. and, and you might have to hurt people's feelings. People don't want you to be successful. Let's just be real. Yep. People like it when you a failure. Ah, look at that. Look, look at that. He broke and he dirty and his car raggedy. I'm better than him. I feel yeah. better now because I'm better than him. People, Tupac said it best. People don't like real people and real people become successful people, but they go get what they want. I had an objective. Then I found out what did I need to get to this objective. And then I made it happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I did that. And that's one of the... Uh, they can't never take that away with me. Even if, no matter what happens to me, no matter what circumstances, you can't take that achievement away from me. Hell no. You know, I'm a bipolar recovering drug addict. Uh, 50% of us are on disability. A large percentage commit suicide. A large percentage can't function. There's very few high-functioning bipolar. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm high-functioning because y'all see me in action. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I have something inside of me that I uh, wanted to be somebody and wanted to help kids. And, and, and when I'm sitting there and I'm clean, because I'm not, I ain't smoked no meth in a year or two, and this five-year-old is painting my, and she's so beautiful, she's pretty and funny, and she, just like her mama, she got attitude. It's funny how, <laughs> it's funny how the kids take on the characteristics of their mama. I'm like, oh, Lord, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but as she's sitting there doing my eyes and she looks at me, she says, I'm going to make you beautiful. I'm like, all right. And then, and then the lipstick and then the rouge and then she got a skirt on me or whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I just got out the trap house 14 months ago. And now the mom trusts me with her kid mm-hmm. and don't even check on me 53 times to make sure I'm not a chomo. Yeah. You know, that is what motivates me to be a better me, because I took for so many years. What do we do in Narcotics Anonymous? Before we get here, we take, we take, and we take some, I'll take your last fucking dime. I do not care, and I'll give you a soft story, and I will use guilt and shame and anything I can to get that last $20 out of you, mm-hmm. because I don't give a fuck, that obsession, that compulsion. I just need some more dough. Yeah. And now I get to give back for all that. And I get to help these kids. Because y'all know we got fucked up kids. Kids, you know, the kids of drug addicts. Come on now. <laughs> they got issues. And uh, when, I can help, when I can help them with their issues, there's no money. There's no monetary reward that makes me feel as good as it does when those kids run up to me when I get to the house or whatever. And give me a hug and a kiss on the on, on the cheek or whatever, and uh, I get to hug them back and kiss them on the top of their head because I'm very affectionate and I'm teaching kids how to express feelings and oh my god, don't hug my child. You know, that's why we fuck. That's why we in the predicament we in now mm-hmm. in, in, in a lot of areas. But uh, 
that's the beautiful thing about recovery. Um, that's really all I got today. I, I know. I, I, I mean, we get redundant, but this shit is important. We get redundant because people forget. Yeah, and it's important. And, and the beautiful thing about this podcast is we don't know whose life you don't know whose life you saved last Tuesday when you and Sam was clowning, or the the week before that, whenever, or, or, or when these other people come on, or when I was on. Like I actually had some people approach me about our podcast. And said that was my favorite one. Yeah, a lot of people I, said And my that. ego kicked in. Yeah. I'm like, I'm doing that shit again. <laughs> I, I got to work. Where's she at? Let me talk to her when I see her at noon time. I'm feeding my ego. But I think sometimes I got some good shit to say. Yeah. And then you have good shit to say. And I appreciate that. <laughs> we never know who we're touching. Exactly. Exactly. We you never, never know. know. And that's why I do what I do. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being on here with me again today. I was really, really excited when you said you wanted to do it again. So I, I like, enjoy oh, my, yeah. I like to run, I mean, those of you who know me, you know I like to run my mouth. <laughs> I love to hear myself talking. Every once in a while, some decent shit will fall out of my mouth. <laughs> and I like to make people laugh. And he impresses himself sometimes. I really do. <laughs> He's like, damn, that was good. I'll be in the car talking to myself and start laughing. I'm like, bro, you crazy. You need to stop that shit. I'm the funniest person I know. Right? So <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, I'm going to take my daughter for Chinese food because that's what I'm going to do. All right. Well, uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us and listening to us. Deuces. We will talk to you later. Bye. That was cool.